0: Good morning. Welcome to another episode of CCT Live, the Cape Cod Times Live Facebook uh, news broadcast coming to you every Thursday at uh, 9 a.m. I'm news editor Patrick Cassidy, and I'm joined uh, for the first time by reporter Wheeler Cowperthwaite. Cowperthwaite. Cowperthwaite for everybody out there. It's Cowperthwaite. Wheeler uh, covers uh, the courts for us, uh, a a big beat here at the Cape Cod Times. This is his first time on the show, but since coming to the Times, uh, you've been pretty busy, Wheeler, including this past week. We'll talk about a few of your stories, including the big story of the week, assault charges uh, being brought against actor Kevin Spacey in Nantucket District Court. Uh, we'll talk about your visit at the Cape Cod Synagogue on Christmas Day and a story you wrote uh, about, that's actually in today's paper, uh, about the suicide of a young woman who lived on Martha's Vineyard and her mother's desire to talk openly about it. Uh, we'll also talk about progress in passing a short-term rental tax and the reaction here on the Cape, which was uh, mixed, depending on who you were talking to. And we'll look forward to an upcoming year in review in uh this sunday's paper you can take a look back at all our past episodes on capecottdimes.com and all our uh social media accounts facebook twitter instagram um wheeler christmas day you were working um uh and some of us were lucky enough to have the day off so thank you of um uh, but not not all of us are lucky in general and and you went to uh the Cape Cod synagogue uh here in hyannis uh and talked to some folks uh who have been down over the, on their luck over the years, and, and they were there for a, a dinner, basically, right?
1: That's right. So, so uh, the photographer and I went to, to the Cape Cod Synagogue. They opened their doors at around shortly before 2 o'clock. They had um, brand-new scarves and hats and mittens and socks and coats um, and those were a, a big hit with the the people who came to the quote community dinner unquote, which was really just a dinner for for the people who were, was mostly attended by people who were down on their luck. Um, I talked to uh, actually talked to everybody I talked to was homeless. Not everybody made it into the story, mm-hmm. but um, the one of the common themes that came out was that winter on Cape Cod is really 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 hard if you're homeless. Yeah. With the cold weather, the, you know, sleeping outside, sleeping in the elements, all those kinds of things. So they were happy that they were able to to get a hot meal. But, you know, as I talked with them, it was, it was readily apparent that, you know, December's not that bad of a month, January, January February, February, and March.
0: Yep. are going to be awful. Yeah. And for those of us who have homes, you know, we're like, oh, it's cold outside, but we don't have to be out there every day. And I thought some of the quotes you had in the story were pretty interesting. Uh, One woman saying, other than losing a child before you, homelessness is the worst thing uh, you can imagine. Um, And then, you know, they were, again, talking about how they were thankful for the, you know, the clothing, too. I thought it was interesting, though, too, because it, it speaks to how bad it can get. They weren't interested in the thinner clothing. They wanted the heavy-duty stuff to really help keep them warm uh during the cold months. Um and this was uh down the street uh near where there's a uh emergency homeless shelter here yep. in Hyannis. and uh also uh, the Salvation Army is down there who does a lot of work with that's them right, as well. That's
1: right. That's right. And uh it was interesting because one woman I talked to um I'm forgetting her name at the moment. She she talked to me about, and her quote was something along the lines of, I can't bounce off the concrete like I used to. Yeah. She's 51 or, she's in her early 50s. Yeah. And, um, you know, she, she really pounded home how hard it is to, to be homeless on Cape Cod and, and not just in Cape Cod, I think in the Northeast in general, yeah. um, or actually the North in general, yeah. um, with how cold it is. And, 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 you know, she said, it doesn't matter how many layers I have. I'm still outside,
0: and and that growing older as you're yeah. homeless, as she said, not able. To, maybe when you were young, you can take it a little bit easier. But uh, as you grow older, uh, you can imagine. Again, I can only imagine uh, what it's like to have to uh, sleep outside. The, the shelter does shelter people at night, um, but there's only a certain amount of space there. Um, and again, while they're thankful for these types of events, uh, it, it was I think pretty apparent from your story, as you've said. That it's not easy being homeless on Cape Cod in the Northeast in the North, uh, no matter what during the cold months. So That's something right. for everybody to think about as they go forward with their winter. Um, another story this week: uh, Our reporter Ethan Genter uh, did a follow-up really on on a a, uh, a decision last week or a. a Passage of a of a bill, at least in the legislature uh, in the state house last week, of a, what's called a short term rental tax. It's also called an Airbnb tax, um, and this is a tax that has been heralded over the past year as something uh, that would even the playing field between people who rent out their own homes on a short term basis, or or some of them uh, on a longer term basis, or for a lot of the uh, weeks and months of the year, um, level the playing field between them and lodging hotels, etc which have to pay uh, this uh, tax room's occupancy tax, essentially. Um, the tax is 5.7% uh, on uh, those places that are rented on the short term, um, and 2 to 6% uh, that can be added on top of that as a local uh, option. And on the Cape, this was important because it also includes uh, a 2.75% tax on top of the state and local taxes that would go to what's being called the Cape Cod and Islands Water Protection Fund. And this is a fund that would go to something that we've been reporting on here for years and years, which is the uh, attempt, at least, to uh, address the Cape's uh, water quality issues. Uh, These are affected by a lot of different things, but the primary source of, of the problem and what kind of puts it over the edge in terms of water quality is septic systems here on the Cape, which... A lot of the CAPE is is served by septic systems, and they don't do the job uh, that a a full-on sewer system would do in terms of removing nutrients that then affect water quality. So uh, CAPE legislators have been pushing for this, and environmentalists have been pushing for this, and they they say, I think that it can raise about a billion dollars towards this $4 billion uh, mark that they're estimating it would cost to really take care of. The, the whole Cape's uh, wastewater issues. Um, so again, at the same time, that's even the, la- the playing field across the state. Uh, it's also adding a little bit here on the Cape. Not everybody was happy, uh, as you can imagine. Uh, folks who actually uh, sell uh, or help uh, rent these uh, short-term rentals. Um, uh, one quote from a woman uh, who runs the uh, We Need a Vacation or works at WeNeedaVacation.com said, we're pretty horrified. Um, they're worried that this extra Tax will uh, affect their ability to rent these places. It'll affect people's abilities to rent their own homes. They say these people aren't making thousands of dollars. They're maybe sometimes just breaking even, and it's allowing them to stay in their homes. Otherwise, sometimes they rent it out for, for a couple weeks out of the year just to make ends meet. Um, again, there's a few people who are using Airbnb. Airbnb. Uh, some are doing that and and are kind of more the mom and pop and some are actually buying places and and just straight out renting them because it is a, a good market one of the things that was adjusted in this bill and made it possible for the the state house to pass because they're looking for a governor Baker's signature obviously um, is a an adjustment that Baker had asked for exempting basically if you rented your place for say two weeks out of the year so that gives somebody in that position a little bit of an option to to uh, to deal with that and and not be uh, affected by this tax but once you start renting for three weeks four weeks months at a time um you're really kind of in a business as far as they're concerned and, and you should be taxed appropriately again Realtors not super happy about it it still needs uh, governor baker's signature um uh but you know the chamber environmentalists others are saying that this is a good thing and it'll help us uh here on the cape deal with this wastewater issue and uh move forward on at a kind of a more even playing field um you had a story in today's paper that um Again, when we, we saw this obituary and we started talking about it and what was in the obituary for this young woman, uh, I think it jumped out at all of us uh, in terms of the content of the obituary and what it was saying. And you uh, you... Got in uh, a lot deeper with her mother uh, about this. Um, who who was this young woman?
1: So, Madeline Vickers, <coughs> daughter of Amy Vickers. She lived on. She was originally from Birmingham or somewhere in Alabama, mm-hmm. and moved on to Martha's Vineyard for the beginning of her high school career. And uh, she uh, died by suicide on November twenty
0: seventh. Third, I think is what or you twenty
1: third. Uh, yep. Um, in November. Um, in Alabama, and so uh, you know, I think we had we had this conversation earlier um, that we were really struck by the obituary, and I think that the the link to the obituaries on the the story as well online, online. yeah. Yep. And uh, you know, mom is mom Amy is is upfront with what happened to her daughter. That that's how she died. And also, what was really interesting was was mom was upfront about not just suicide but also the mental illness that preceded the suicide and also that that although her daughter was this caring loving kind person she told me the story about how her her daughter was so giving that in the second first or second grade that she uh she picked her up from school and she's like almost home and she realizes that her daughter doesn't have any shoes and she asks why don't you have any shoes and the daughter said madeline says well i gave the shoes to my friend because my friend was wearing shoes that were two sizes too big because they were hand-me-downs from her sister and um you know I, so we could play together and i can run in bare feet it's no problem
0: yeah i thought it was interesting you said her reasoning her mother thought was pretty sound she's like "Oh, i'll be all right bare feet you know that's
1: yeah and so so you know she's this caring loving kind person but her, her mom, they went to a bunch of different doctors and they got more or less the diagnosis of bipolar with, with uh, large bouts, not bouts but um, marked by um, Period. periods of mania yep. and and her her mother was upfront in the obituary that you know that she became a different person during these times and that 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 she is not unaware of these two coexisting people. Yeah. that that on the one hand she could be this amazing loving person on this other hand she could be this person who's going through this this awful mania and do crazy th- things impulsiveness, impulsiveness was, one, oh of gosh, it was impulsiveness. one of the biggest that was one of the, the yep. major things that we pulled out of that um because she, she talked to me about how a lot of and her daughter did this as well a lot of people who are bipolar and have bouts of mania during the mania they'll pick up and go. Travel,
0: they'll, just, yep. they'll
1: just travel across the country, especially if they have access to a car or plane tickets. They'll just travel travel across the country. And a lot of times, you know, when when we talk about the missing population in America, that's oftentimes the missing population in a part that's of the missing daughter. population in America. Yep. Fortunately, she was always in contact with her daughter, mm-hmm. but... That that was one of the the
0: scary things. For it's them. interesting, just real quick, going backwards for a second to when we were talking about homelessness before and the co-factors of you know homelessness uh, and and mental health and and uh, you know somebody who uh, may begin life again as this vibrant person who's who's you know, caring, loving, you know, you can see that trajectory if they're dealing with whether it's uh bipolar or other mental uh illnesses you can see that trajectory and and it's possible that you know somebody could end up homeless who who again had this bright future otherwise um and the mother talked about again some of the things that she recommended getting a genetic test uh to make sure that you're getting the right drugs uh for the person because uh sometimes her daughter would have uh drugs that were wrong
1: so what happened is is one of the stories she told me that I don't think made into the the print. I didn't, don't think I wrote it up in the print edition. Was that uh, one of the doctors had? So one of the drugs that that she got that would that is normally prescribed for people who are bipolar and have mania. One of those drugs. Uh, actually would have the exact opposite effect. This is sort of like mm. when you get what some people, when they are given antidepressants, it makes them more suicidal. So you have this like opposite effect of some drugs mm. that are intended to have yeah. um, that, that she was given one drug at a po- at one point after she turned 18 and was no longer under her mother's direct custody that, that, caused mania, that, that caused her to go into prolonged lapses of, of, of mania, um, which had the, obviously the opposite effect of preventing the manic
0: episodes. Yeah. And these genetic tests might help decide that's not the right drug exactly. in this case. And and again, being able to talk about that those very specific things, I think that's something we talked about when you were working on this story and you talked about with the mother and others was the, uh, the real – the desire to talk openly about it is is based on the desire to destigmatize uh, whether it's suicide, mental illness, and if you can. Destigmatize it and talk openly about it. You can talk about specific things like genetic testing for the right drugs. You can talk about uh, ways that that you can look out for signs of of somebody who may be having ideations of suicide and things of that nature. And there's uh, some local organizations and the mother in her in the obituary pointed people towards uh, you know uh, the Cape, uh, Samaritans of Cape Cod um, and uh, other organizations that deal with suicide. But there's another local organization as well. So
1: so sharing kindness is the other organization. Organization. And I, I reached out to them because the the founder, Kim Mead Walters, had a very similar experience to Amy Vickers. That is that her son died by suicide in 2016 at the age of 16. and And she told me some pretty awful things that people did to her because she did the same thing that Amy did. She wrote an obituary that was honest about the fact that her son had died by suicide. And so she told me that that she her and her husband would be in the grocery store and people would literally turn away from her either from the shame of of that they felt that she was being open about what had happened or they didn't want to deal with the situation or for whatever reason people would literally turn away from her and 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 um, her friend who's also on the sharing kindness board Tracy Taylor she told me about how you know her brother di- died by suicide many years ago and her family never talked about it and she could barely talk about it with her friends everybody kept it bottled up and then all of a sudden when she did talk about it this is a phenomenon that everybody described to me when they did talk about it then all of a sudden people would come up to them and talk to them about this issue Mm -hmm. but it wasn't until one person was open this is this is 100% 100% an instance of when one person is open, it, it gives the social cue to everybody else that you are a safe person to come to to talk about yep. this. But up until that point, there's no wink, there's no nod, there's no like uh, subtle social cue that, that, that survivors of suicide give off that say, oh, I'm another person that you can talk about with this issue.
0: And Taylor's quote was, as soon as you mention it, someone else mentions one back. As soon as you break the barrier, you wouldn't believe what you hear. So, again, breaking that, that barrier. Um, and, and you also said, you know, uh, I think it was uh, Dr. Mead Walters uh, said that it's called in the medical literature the silent epidemic because, again, of this this uh, desire not to talk about. It. There are, are uh, you know, people who say that, you know, talking about suicide, you don't want to talk about it in a way uh, that would obviously encourage it. That would, that would lead people towards uh, thinking about it as a, as an alternative. Um, uh, But if you don't talk about it, you can't address the kind of underlying issues that are involved and, and try and prevent it.
1: And so when I was working on this story, I went to go look up the CDC's guidelines for how to write about and how to cover suicide as a journalist. And what was interesting to me is that I've been doing this for five, six, seven years. And Uh, I can remember in the recent past when the guidelines basically said, and and the AP style guidelines are still like this. They say, don't cover suicide, period, unless it's a notable person. Notable person. And now the CDC guidelines say, oh, yeah, cover it. Just be very, just be gentle. Just be careful. Just use the correct words, but still cover it. Yeah. And that that seems to be a, a slow but significant change that that we're seeing in in both the literature about how to deal with it and also in general. And I
0: think you point out rightfully so the AP style book, which we rely on. We don't adhere to everything within it, but we we have our own style as well. But the AP style book uh, still does kind of restrict it to the idea of covering it if it's somebody notable or it happens in a very public way this This was not somebody who was in the news, otherwise. this was not something that happened in a very public way locally for us, um, but I think the the uh, certainly the obituary uh, was an opening so that we could you know have the conversation with the mother and and I think that more than in the past still rare but more than in the past there are people uh like um uh amy vickers and and like dr uh, mead walters and and taylor who are speaking about it more openly and and working on ways to prevent it through that conversation
1: well and i think that that it's also important for the the survive you know it seems like when we talk about shame I think that that we see the same occurrence uh, when it comes to overdoses. And overdoses, we're seeing a little, a fewer more. We're seeing a little bit more, uh, more in quantity, uh, obituaries that are being honest about how the person died and the fact that the person had a struggle. Um, you know, Tracy. It was interesting. She told me that her perspective was suicide is where cancer was ten to twenty years ago, and mm-hmm. she said you know now cancer you will see in obituaries commonly that so and so died after a battle with cancer or you know whatever whatever the the, yep. the verb that's used but that cancer used to be just as taboo 20 years ago and just that was to not some,
0: yeah, these days when yeah, yeah people and, and certainly the, talk about the, it that now
1: day. we're you know the, the, the you know we have these other things that have gone through you know, suicide is where all these things were 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, I
0: think ago. opioids, it was probably five years ago. It was more recently that people weren't talking openly uh, in obituaries and in other settings about death by overdose. Um, and, and again, that's come a long way. It still still has uh, a, a lot of that taboo and stigmatization attached to it. That's something that people are working on uh, quite vigorously. It seems like suicide, as you said, is kind of still... Uh, back a bit as far as that goes, but there's some movement as we've seen uh, with uh, uh, Amy Vickers and Madeline Vickers' case. So uh, a good story. Thank you for telling it. Um, not oh, was, not, a, not a good story in you know that sense, but a, a, an important story to well, tell.
1: Well, you know, as I told them and in, in both of them in email later on, I said, you know, hopefully this can move the needle a little bit because yep. every little bit of public awareness, every little bit about talking about it, you know, honestly, I would be happy if, if this story only caused one person or one family to open up and be honest with each other about how a loved one died by suicide i would be happy
0: or or again potentially about how they're feeling in that moment and and potentially could seek some help that would uh, help prevent it in that case so um well again thank you uh Kind of the big story of the week, uh, certainly uh, nationally, uh, I'd say, uh, coming from the small island of Nantucket, um, but one you've been covering Uh, Since the start of the week, it actually, for us, started uh, a year ago uh, in November, I think, um, are the charges being brought against actor Kevin Spacey. Um, Some folks may have heard about this already. Um, There was an interesting video that Spacey put out. Uh, This started on Monday for us, really, most recently. and, and, And what happened?
1: So technically, although we found out about it on Monday, what had happened is on December 20th, Uh, Kevin Spacey went to a magistrate's hearing in Nantucket District Court, and magistrate's hearings are where uh, the clerk hears hears evidence, and then lawyers argue, and then he decides whether or not to issue a criminal complaint in the lower court in the district court. And so the clerk uh, issued a criminal complaint, and a uh, summons for Kevin Spacey on a charge of indecent assault and battery on a person aged fourteen or over, and so this is originally this happened in Nantucket in um at the club car
0: club car yeah club
1: car in um, July of 2016. but and, and to be clear the the timeline is not totally clear because there are conflicting dates with with the information we have um, but a young man alleged that he was um and and now we come into questions of what is what a young man alleged that he was either molested or sexually assaulted by Mr. Spacey mm-hmm. um at the the club car after Spacey allegedly had been feeding him a series of drinks mm-hmm. and uh then his mother, who is um
0: uh, she's uh, a ch- former uh, Channel 5 news anchor, um, Heather Onru, um, and, and she she came out very publicly last uh, In a press conference
1: year. in 2017 yep. and said that what had happened to her son. Um, and at some – so it's not clear when he reported it to the Nantucket police, but it is clear that on November 22nd, I believe mm-hmm. – um, a state police trooper named Gerald Donovan interviewed him and then did a series of other interviews with people who were there that night um, uh, sometimes who were referred to him by Miss Unruh mm-hmm. and uh, did his investigation and now for whatever reason it's been brought and brought into court.
0: Sure, and and again, uh, obviously, uh, Mr. Spacey. For anybody who doesn't know, a uh, very uh, well-known actor um, and and somebody who was uh, in the very popular Netflix series, Netflix series House of Cards, uh, as the as a congressman, president, and then uh, ex president at at one point, he was removed from that show. There were other allegations that had come forward uh, uh, from I, I think at least one other actor, but other other people who were alleging similar type uh, of, uh, assaults, if you will, uh, allegations at least. And, um, this was, I, I think is really the first criminal charge that's being brought against him. That's, that's correct. Um, and, and again, being on Nantucket, it's, it, it is really interesting. I, you know, they, uh, at, at the, the, the time, um, you know, Nantucket is, is one of these places where there are a lot of people who are well-known, uh, actors, actresses, politicians, and, and they go there. It's a very, uh, Again, it has all the stru- the problems with housing and other things that that we have here on the Cape and elsewhere. But it is a place where there are a lot of people with a lot of money, um, and. Uh, again, this, this young man was a, a bus boy at the, at the restaurant, I believe That's at correct. the time. Um, and there were a lot of details, um, including, uh, a, a, this report that, that you had referenced, uh, where he allegedly had shared a video that showed, um, you know, at least so, part of what he says happened. So
1: while the, the alleged incident is happening and, and I think I did put the details in the story mm-hmm. in today's paper, Yep. Yeah. um, he is, is actively texting or Snapchatting his girl. The The busboy is actively, the victim is uh, Snapchatting his girlfriend, and she tells him to, to take a video. And so he takes a video, and it's not clear what the exact contents of the video are. That Those details were not included in the court documents that we received. But the Gerald Donovan does refer to Spacey wearing a ball cap, a tweed blazer, and some sort of pants, and that um, the, the victim is wearing a red shirt. He had originally claimed that he was wearing a blue shirt, and he watches the video and goes, okay, I was wrong, it was a different color shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it appears that there is a video, it is not clear what that video actually shows other than being able to identify Spacey and that the victim is wearing a red shirt.
0: So... It's going to be an interesting case to follow. We'll be following it um certainly, you mentioned you know some some inconsistencies some uh questions in terms of the timeline in terms of when things were reported, but then also you know a lot of um, people who were saying that. For example, uh, somebody who said that they saw the teen's demeanor change during the night and he became pale, blank, and a bit frightened. Um, a, a piano player who said he didn't have an independent memory of this event, but on another night he saw something similar with uh, another uh, person who was there celebrating his 21st birthday that involved Spacey, allegedly. Um, and and again, uh, Heather Onruh, the, the former Channel 5 News anchor, the mother of, of this young man, um, has uh, Michael Garabedian as her attorney. He's well known for uh, for basically civil cases in large part uh, brought by people who were uh, victims of uh, sexual abuse by uh, priests uh, for the most part. And, and he's uh, been very vocal in terms of uh, the Catholic Church. So, so having somebody like that involved, all of this in the context of the Me Too movement, which, uh, you know, certainly uh, that story continues at a national, international level, really. Um, but when this came out, it was really, I think, At its height, if you will, in terms of the allegations that were coming out about all sorts of actors um, and and other people who were alleged to have uh, committed acts like this. Um, So, again, uh, he's being uh, arraigned on Nantucket
1: on January 7th in Nantucket District
0: Court. So we, we will be there. Uh, you well, will I'm be there, and, and everybody can follow. Can <laughs> exactly, <laughs> everybody can follow along at CapeCodTimes.com. Um, coming up this Sunday, uh, we'll have a year in review. I actually did a year in review already. That's going to be on uh, WCAI, uh, the local NPR news uh, uh, radio station, tomorrow. And as I was preparing for that, um, I was looking back on uh, uh, the stories that we've done this year at the Cape Cod Times. And it's hard to believe that it was all within one year. We had the, the killing of uh, Yarmouth Police Sergeant Sean Gannon um, and the shooting of his, his canine uh, dog, Nero. Uh, we had uh, uh, prog- uh, different levels of progress or, or setbacks for the uh, Mashpee Wampanoag tribe. Um, we had things, as always, happening at Pilgrim Nuclear Power Station uh, in Plymouth. We had the first uh, fatal uh, shark attack on uh, in, in Massachusetts in 82 years uh, here were on Cape Cod. We had another shark attack uh, the month before. Um, I am I am literally just on the surface there. There's all sorts of uh, stories that everybody here, all the reporters here have been working really hard on this year. And it's, it, it's an impressive group of stories and we're glad to have you on board Wheeler this glad year and you, you, you've uh, got right into it as well. So that's going to be coming in this Sunday's paper. Uh, please pick it up and uh, check com for uh, more on that. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you Wheeler for being here. Uh, tell your friends, share the link, feel free to get in touch with any of us, including Wheeler with any story tips or ideas, all our emails are at CapeCatTimes. Times.com. We're where news on Cape Cod starts. Uh, Until next week, have a good morning and good luck.